Hi, I'm Aaron. And I'm Ashley. A few years ago, we set off on a journey to start doing hard things that enrich our marriage, relationship with God, family, and our health. Along the way, we've met a lot of other people who are living intentional, countercultural lives and getting out of their comfort zones. And in each episode of the Uncommon People podcast, we'll discuss parts of our own journey or share inspiring stories from the journeys of others. Thanks for joining us. Hey everyone, welcome to the Uncommon People podcast. Yes, welcome. We're glad you're here. Or welcome back if this is a return <laughs> trip for you. Yeah. We're having a hard time with the uh, start of this because, uh, yeah, we just... Sometimes you know, it's hard to sometimes start. Sometimes it's hard. Yeah. Sometimes it's podcasting is hard. Yeah, well, so talking out, yeah, out loud is sometimes hard, so <laughs> just in but general. We've, we've got a good one today because uh, we're talking about carrying burdens. Yeah, I mean, not just... Like, that sounds not fun. Heavy. <laughs> sounds like laughs don't belong in it. Yeah. Maybe helping other people carrying theirs, to be more specific. So let's talk about uh, burdens that we have. Oh, man. What are some burdens that you have right now? Um. Well, I, I don't really want to call my children a burden since the word of God calls them, you know, like a blessing Blessings. and a gift and that kind of <laughs> stuff. But a lot of times in this stage of life, they can feel like that, even though we don't actually believe that, um, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes we can, if our mindset's not right, they feel like burdens. And I don't, I don't think there's, you know, that that's abnormal or, you know, there's a ton of fault in that. Um, and I'm not saying like my kids keep me from, you know, keep me, hold me back and stuff like that. Um, but they, they can be the most exhausting part of our lives and the most joyful part. So sometimes the tasks around child yeah. rearing uh, can be burdensome. Yeah, not, and, and then that could probably be superimposed on the kids. Oh, for sure, because they feel that whenever you're like, if I have to change one more diaper, or if I have to, right. you know, break up one more fight, then they get all. What else? What up. other burdens? You have? Um, what other burdens? Why don't you tell one of yours? I have to think of all my burdens. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, you know, I need to be able to carry them. So I need to know oh, what they all are. Oh, am I supposed to say you? You can't carry yourself. <laughs> no. Um, I've had a lot of burdens lately. Uh, I feel like some where we can almost not entirely, but in some ways we could like trade out the word burden for stressor yeah in some ways but for sure. Yeah. So stressors around work, uh, stressors around um, tests that I had to take for work, um, as recent as today, um, just burdens, you know, physical stress, you're having some physical stress, physical stress. I'm having some, uh, many of you know that I ran a marathon. In fact, uh, if you haven't already watched our, our Woodlands marathon YouTube video, go Mm -hmm. check that out on YouTube. That was fun. Um, but I did run a marathon and got a little hurt. I had been hurt, but tried to push through it and got a little hurt. So, I'm dealing with the physical stress of that, the burdens of, for one, not being able to exercise in the way that I enjoy, but also not really knowing what's totally going on. So, yeah. So that just um, compounds for you. Kind yeah. Of. Um, burden, burden on burden. <laughs> the, the talk, the, the talk and the idea of going back to school, finishing out my degree, I stopped about two years ago. Um, so just how to process all of that is something that weighs mm-hmm. uh, occasionally. So, yeah. Yeah. We're at a stage in our life where, um, you know, 
I don't want to call it like quarter life crisis or anything like that, but we're, <laughs> cause we're past that one because we're 30. That's why. Um, because we're at a stage where it's kind of like, okay, you know, if we, if we want, we're not kids anymore. We have three children, but we may or may not have any more kids. So we may be kind of entering a new stage of life where we're going to be doing that within the next, you know, three to five years. Is there anything we want to change before we settle into 40, you know, right. you know, before we settle into late thirties into forties. So I think in some ways we kind of feel the pressure of that, you know, is this what we really want it to look like for the next, you know, foreseeable future, um, as we kind of enter a new stage not that just because we would could or possibly be done having kids everything totally changes but it is a different dynamic yeah. as you kind of life shift so um i think timing for stuff is just can feel like a burden timing yeah. altogether so there's a lot of burdens that uh, people can feel and we wanted to kind of tie in the idea of sharing in those together Mm-hmm. bearing burdens and uh the most common or i guess uh popular scripture surrounding that is found in galatians um where it talks about sharing each other's burdens in verse number two uh and in this way uh, obey the six. law of christ yeah chapter six galatians six verse two and um i the reason i thought of this was because i had an interesting experience at the woodlands marathon um And it's just kind of one of those things where it was, it was an opportunity not only to learn, uh, to experience failure a little bit, to experience Mm -hmm. like, um, the race itself, you mean? Yeah. 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 To experience, you know, expectations being shifted and ultimately what is that Ethan Newberry video altering expectations altering expectations yeah Um, you don't know who Ethan Newberry is but you want to fall down a YouTube rabbit hole yeah watch (laughs) his films um but yeah, so going into something with expectations and then uh, those going sideways quickly uh, gave me an opportunity to learn something about bearing burdens with another person. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've said it before, I don't always want to talk about running, but running gives so many great analogies or lessons, you know, in life that parallel with even with the scripture, just like, you know, uh, my own like little mini parables or whatnot. Yeah, but, yeah. um, I was running, I went, you know, we went to this race. This has been kind of a, a goal race for me for a long time. So I'd been building up and, and getting ready. So first, my fifth, first full in a year, first full marathon since Houston, January of 2020. So mm-hmm. right before everything shut down was my last full marathon. So this is my fifth marathon altogether, but first in, in about 13 or 14 months, and, um, so I was, you know, ready for it and all prepared. And, but a couple of weeks out, I had started getting some leg and calf injuries, actually calf stuff for a couple months, but it really got bad when we had the, the really bad snow mm-hmm. here. And, um, and so I knew going into it that it was going to be a little bit difficult. So don't want to talk about it forever. So I ran, uh, about seven miles in, I knew something was wrong and it wasn't going to go necessarily my way. About 10 miles in, I had slowed down and kind of fallen off pace. And about, I don't know, 14 or so, about halfway through um, was when I was really just kind of wanting to give up and literally just give up and walk off the course. I had started the race with my friend Mark, who um, I met 
actually at the Houston Marathon uh, a year and a, a year, 14 months ago at a little meetup that we went to and we stayed connected and he was aiming to run maybe about 10 or so minutes slower than me, but we were going to run together for the first few miles until I kind of fit, you know, fell into my faster pace. And at the point where I was kind of falling apart, he was still doing pretty well. So he, I had passed him. I had, I had, you know, gone up ahead of him and then he caught back up to me and and he knew something was up because (laughs) he wasn't expecting (laughs) to catch back up with me. And so then, you know, we had agreed at the beginning, no matter what, run your own race, do your own thing. And so he kept going, you know, said a few words and then kept going. And, you know, I just kind of had the meltdown of between mile 10 to like 18 of which uh, we saw. Yeah. You guys got to watch the vlog. You'll see that. Yeah. It it was heartbreaking for the spe- for me as the wife spectating. I was like, as soon as I saw him coming up too, I told uh, his sister was with us, Michaela, and I said, "Oh no!" And he was like super far away. I was like, "This does not look good." Yeah. So it it, it went not went my way, and um and I was really feeling like a lot of self pity and you know just like. <laughs> well, it's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. To know that you can, you can perform a certain way and then have something as, you know, basic as an injury. And, and for me, one that I felt like, uh, you know, with preventative maintenance, I could have probably kept at bay. Um, but either way I, you know, I, I pushed on, uh, there was this one part where I decided to turn left. Like I passed, I passed you guys on the road and the course, the course turns left at or just after mile 14, uh, you could turn right to go back to the start line. And that's how it does at the end. Cause you come back on that little loop again. And I wanted to just walk off course, turn right, walk off course and, you know, tell them that I quit or whatnot. Um, but I didn't want the kids and you to see and Michaela to see me, uh, quit. So, for whatever reason, I turned left, uh, which is the way the course goes and it goes on a long out and back. So the more you run after you (laughs) turn left, the farther away you're getting from everything. And eventually you have to turn around and come back. And then it goes on another little loop. And I, um, I just kept going, uh, slow, but yeah, slow. I was kind of for you. Yeah. I was kind of actually in my mind, I was kind of looking for your dad um, cause he was running the race too, but he was way behind me, not only because he was running slower, but because he started in like the last wave and I started in the second wave. So, yeah. but I was kind of seeing if I maybe would see him come up on me, um, to bear that burden with him because <laughs> it was <laughs> his first marathon, his first marathon. But, uh, anyway, I got to like mile 18 or so right around mile 18. It may have been a little before. And all of a sudden, like I looked up and literally, it was probably 10 or 15 yards in front of me. I mean, so I was, I was really close. And I mean, as you're coming up on people, you can see people from far away, but I wasn't paying attention to who was in front of me, but I looked up and I saw Mark. Like I knew it was him. He's a short guy. Yeah, and yeah. I, I knew what, I knew what he was wearing and his shoes and stuff like that. And he was like hobbling, like just barely moving. I mean, worse shape than I was in. Mm-hmm. What did you say? And 18 miles? It was around 18. Yeah. Okay. So, so you so, still got eight to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Eight, eight to go. And actually, it, so it may have been a little before that. Cause we ran, I think the last 10 miles together at least. So, um, 
yeah, I, I kind of picked it up and caught up to him and put my hand on his back as I was catching up to him and realized he was just in a, a lot of pain. And, you know, of course, right off the bat, he was telling me, go, go, go. But mm-hmm. I, I had already, I, it was interesting because I had went from low, like, I can't believe this happening to me and I'm just trying to press through it. And at this point I was already far enough into the course that I knew I was going to finish either way. But, uh, you know, I was just kind of trying to press through and just for the purposes of getting a medal. And I saw him and my demeanor kind of changed a little bit because I realized that he was in a bad way mm-hmm. and I was too, but not as bad. And so then it became, we started this together. We'll, we'll finish this together. Cause we're both, cause I had already watched my goal go out the window. Yeah. Then I had watched my personal best at the Houston marathon last year go or in 2020 go out the window. And so at that point it was just, you know, yeah, going 26 miles in it for the finish, basically. Yeah. And so we started working together to keep each other motivated. I mean, he was in a much darker place than I was. Mm-hmm. But he, um, he said that he knew from the outset when we had visited with him the day before that yeah. he was not sure mentally how it yeah. was going to go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and he had so many, uh, so many stresses of life, really. Yeah. Yeah. Not unlike me, uh, with, with my work and stuff that's going on, but he's a chef and he was on the most recent season of hell's kitchen. And so like, you know, he had the kind of the stress of being on this TV show that's currently going on, uh, that was weighing on him. And then, you know, stuff with, uh, his family and his mom and all this other stuff that was going on that, um, that was weighing down on him. And so that all culminated in a marathon, which is a hard mm-hmm. thing to do, mm-hmm. uh, where you put your body under stress, your mind under stress. Uh, and same thing for me, it all kind of culminated in, in a marathon as well. And, um, it was just interesting because I've never approached a, a race or never had to pivot in the middle of a race where all of a sudden it became not about me, but about, you know, helping my friend in need Mm -hmm. and it it stayed in my mind I didn't necessarily go to the verse in Galatians right away but you know as we talked about it tonight like it just stayed in my mind that there are times that I feel like we are maybe dealt a hand that we wouldn't expect because it's ultimately going to give us an opportunity to help bear someone else's burdens yeah that's true I'm trying to think of a time whenever that applies from has ha, excuse me has applied in my life but it's kind of a big concept to to think of something on the fly mm-hmm. what i like about the how this race went is that in like the analogy of it being like life you know it doesn't always go to plan right you know and we have to pivot and we have to make changes but what it's really about is the finish and taking as many people there with you as you can mm-hmm. And helping each other through the journey, you know, and sometimes you help me, sometimes I help you, vice versa, and that it doesn't have to look like we expected it to look. You still learned a ton during yeah. that race yeah. and learned a lot, learned a lot about yourself, learned about your friends, learned about yourself physically too, not just your, you know, the mind game, you've learned stuff about how your physical body will respond. So, I mean, I just think it's a good, a good picture of what the real end goal is too. Yeah that it's really about the finish. And sometimes we can get caught up in 
um, the details and the personal best and doing everything that's like for me I'm like well I want to do everything you know to the tilt and it's like okay well it's not about doing it perfectly it's doing it you know to the finish Mm -hmm. about getting it done in that way well and and dealing with these kind of things and these kind of setbacks is really a a test too of pride Mm -hmm. and like because I mean you know I I wasn't uh, shy about putting my goals out with, you know, with my running friends and stuff like that. And same for Mark on social media, he would kind of talk about what his goals and expectations were to run a personal best and, and um, not unreasonable goals and not unreasonable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for either of y'all for, yeah, for sure. And we both ended up (laughs) being, you know, an hour and 20 (laughs) and an hour and 30 minutes slower than what we anticipated that day so that just goes to kind of show the severity of how we were feeling um but but again well, those just verses talk about pride too yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely verse four of galatians six says pay careful attention to your own work um uh, actually oh, no three, let's go three. back to verse three so if you think you're too important to help someone you're only fooling yourself you're not that important <laughs> i like that it's the new living translation yeah, yeah. that we're reading so it's uh, you know not paraphrased but just worded easier uh but <laughs> you're only fooling yourself you're not that important is literally yeah. what it says it's a good pride um, check it is because you know I, and again just going back to the fact that I feel like sometimes we're put in these situations to get the experience that we need to help someone through. And it's the same thing for, for, you know, myself and Mark, you know, we're, while we were acquaintances, now we're more than acquaintances Mm -hmm. and there's, there's a lot more that we were able to help each other through in the, in the amount of time that we were together running that marathon that, um, you know, that we probably wouldn't have had an opportunity to do, you know, um, so it just goes to show that you have to look for opportunities to be used um, and to let these situations be used in your life so that you can bear one another's burdens. Yeah, because I'm just thinking about what the alternative would have been like if you would have come up on him. You know, you're not doing great. You already have, you know, to have had some perceived failure already Mm -hmm. you know for those of us that haven't done a marathon it's like who cares if it took you an hour and a half longer you ran 26 miles you know but for someone that's an athlete that's been training to do this for you know the last several years doing these kind of events it's a much bigger deal so it's a matter of perspective there but so I'm just imagining what it would have been like if you would have come up on Mark y'all are both already you can tell you're both not doing well not going to meet your goals and gone ahead and abandoned and left him there anyway yeah and run ahead it's like you're already you've already lost yeah why are you going to leave someone else behind yeah and that's the way that I was feeling about it too is is you know and it became a thing that we were saying back and forth to each other like we're gonna finish this together and there were even times where like because I was in I was in better shape, not not just physical shape, but like with the pain, with pain the pain. Wise. I was in better shape than he was. And you've I mean, had he the was, pain he was dealing with. It's bad. Yeah, I have had the pain, and and what stinks for him was that it came up in the race. It wasn't something that was was leading Pretty, up like to it. So he was not only experiencing the pain, he was coping with it for the first time. Mentally, so, co- yeah, mentally, mentally coping with, with it for the first time, uh, oh, or trying to cope with it. So frustrating. Um, yeah. So. But there were times where, like, I, you know, went ahead 
there was actually another guy that was also going through, you can see in some of the pictures that we, uh, that I've posted on Instagram, like there was another guy that was in some of the pictures with us and he was going through the same thing, had the same goal, started in the same wave as us. We didn't see him until we were all kind of hurting together, but he also tagged onto the bearing burdens uh, <laughs> train because he, which we weren't calling that in the moment. We weren't thinking that at all, but, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, like I, yeah, I did have the thought of, uh, you know, we're going to continue this and we're going to finish this, what we started together since we've both kind of fallen apart. And you, I mean, literally the, my whole demeanor changed from the time, like before I looked up and saw him there to when I saw him there. And I actually kind of relate it back to in a much more macro level. I, I relate it back to, um, when my mom passed away, because like, you know, you experience the initial shock and the sadness of something like that happening. But for me as like the older son or the oldest son, the oldest child, Mm -hmm. uh, but also the son, it's like, I immediately wanted to go into, you know, head of household mode almost or head of family mode so that my dad could mourn the the loss of his wife and my younger sister who who just lost her mom you know and so someone has to be the strong person in there so uh, you you know you feel I kind of feel like it was in that same vein of I see Mark I see that he's struggling I'm a little bit in a little bit better condition so I'm gonna go up and see what I can do to help and um that's a good mentality and a good Christian approach to live by. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that cause that's what I did. I'm just yeah, like, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't think we, I think we take for granted bearing burdens of each other, mm-hmm. uh, and working through hard times together. We take that for granted as a, you know, as a church. And sometimes we don't want the vulnerability or the exposure, you know, the potential for being let down or the potential for hurt because you know whatever reason because of all that potential um i think too though that it brings up the kind of the idea of like putting your own oxygen mask on too first like because and and maybe like in bringing up the the situation like specifically after your mom passed like you you know buckle down to help get everybody over you know over mm-hmm. into the next few weeks after that and then you put your mask on basically after the fact mm-hmm. and so sometimes we have to be careful what order we do that in yeah i don't think that was necessarily the wrong choice because i think someone needed to fill right. that role you know when the that came up whenever that position came up essentially but even the verses that we read say that it's it, the the first verse in galatians 6 t- is talking about gently restoring someone if they have sinned and then it says and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. So like, and then right after, share each other's burdens. So, you know, you have to be wise in how you're responding to the people that you're helping bear their burdens. Do mm-hmm. guard yourself, guard your own heart, uh, make the choices that are wise for you. But you can't, you know, that still doesn't mean you get to neglect your obligation to help bear one another's burdens. You do have to show with you have some wisdom, put your own oxygen mask on before right. you help your, uh, you know, someone else that's there with you, but gives you an opportunity. And I've, evidently that's the way that we obey the law of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something that's so relevant and anyone can 
have these opportunities. You know, you have to look for them. You do. Yeah. I mean, you do have to keep, you, you have to think outside of your own personal little circle. Mm -hmm. You have to remove yourself from being the center of the universe and live in very uncommon way, you know, searching for opportunity to share in one, someone else's sorrow or, and just Discomfort. considering sometimes what it's like to live someone else's life. We only get small pictures of other people's lives, you know, whether it's through their social media or through our just everyday mm-hmm. in-person social interactions. We only get a snippet of what it's like to be them. But you don't really know, you know, what it can be, what someone else's life is like. And we want to assume the best about people and stuff. But sometimes people's circumstances are incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. And if we're really focused on ourselves we just don't see it. We just don't, I don't know. We don't yeah. notice it until it's dire, like right. a dire situation um, that requires like full on everyone and their mom's help, yeah. you know, um, instead of being, a, you know, kind of sensitive to what other people may be going through yeah, and um, not being afraid to put yourself out there to bear someone else's burden. Sometimes that's the hardest part. I think being, um, you know, I think vulnerability is kind of a popular thing to talk about mm-hmm. or has been in the past, but being vulnerable enough with someone to be like, you know, something that seems, seems obvious to you that they're struggling with something. It's like, well, what can I do to help you? Cause it, it seems like you're having a hard time and I want you to feel supported and, you know, but sometimes it's scary to even approach someone with that kind of support. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's, I don't think we should not do it just because we're scared. (laughs) You also never know like what doors will open up or what opportunities to support them in a deeper level can come from just approaching them in a, in a situation. Like, you know, just going back to my example with my friend, it's like, I come up on you and this is the immediate need right now is like you need someone to help you get there but as we share conversation over the next two hours more things were revealed that were opportunities for me to share you know Mm -hmm. my experiences and um outside of running you know not, not like not even related to running at all um and so maybe this initial approach that you have when you see someone that's carrying a burden, um, you know, maybe the initial approach to them is really just an opportunity for a door to open for something deeper. Yeah. And there's uh, no way to know. Yeah. And so there was a, my mom used to tell a funny story about, (laughs) um, my dad, like if you have kids and you're a minister or, you know, teacher or whatever, you know that you get a lot of sermons, a lot of, (laughs) Uh, ideas and topics from kids same way comedians get you know Mm -hmm. comedy from kids or from their kids but uh I used to you know my mom would my dad was a pastor so he would always be at church early on Sunday mornings my mom would drive me to church I was an only child for 10 years and when I was pretty young um on the radio we were listening to the radio on the way and they said something about burdens and I said um mom what's a burden and she said you know oh it's something that you carry I don't know exactly how she said it and she said I was quiet for a little while and then I said do you carry them in a bag (laughs) and and so my dad then preached a sermon called carry your burdens in a bag but uh yeah if you see someone 
with too many bags in their hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's an opportunity to help and to to show the love of Christ and to uh, you know all the cliches be his hands and feet you <laughs> yeah. know um, uh, an opportunity to really reach out and help others that may need it so we hope you've enjoyed this conversation today and we invite you to follow along with us on instagram and at uncommon people podcast and of course on youtube um, and if you get a chance to leave us a rating or review on the platform where you listen to the podcast that's always appreciated And hopefully you'll find an opportunity to bear someone's burden until you hear from us next time. See you later. Bye.